This, 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 this is mythical. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we are going to be talking about your romantic mishaps. You answered our question that we put out there on the internet, which was, ever had a romantic plan completely fall apart, whether you planned it or someone planned it for you? We wanna know your romantic mishap stories. So that we can laugh in your face, you know? Mm. Sometimes love goes sideways, Rhett. Hey, listen, it can go any way you want. That's your preference. I, you know what, I got a number of friends who like, um, they talk about their first date or like an, an early romantic encounter with the person that they've been with for like years, maybe decades now. And like the, the best stories are the ones that like start off sideways. Like you hate each other or something catches on fire or like, uh, you know, oh, venereal alert. disease. Uh-uh. Spoiler alert, I haven't read any of these. I'm just saying. Just a metaphorical venereal disease. Well, okay, nothing catches, yeah, something catches on fire. Oh. I just, I mean, I, I look at the- Teaser. I can look at the, the titles of the, the, the things that we have to go through here. Yeah, you, you, you looked at the titles this time, I didn't, because I, I was working on something else. Now, what about super gonorrhea, though? Uh, I cannot speak intelligently about this, nor from personal experience. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not no. talking about my that year I was a superhero <laughs> called Super Gonorrhea. No. I'm talking about um, drug-resistant gonorrhea. Okay. So obviously drug-resistant bacteria and I guess viruses are something that we were all talking about and all really scared of until COVID happened and then we got distracted or I you know, moved to that crisis but now that we are, uh, hopefully, uh, that crisis is subsiding, now staring us straight in the face is the drug-resistant uh, bugs that we will be facing uh, in the, we are already facing millions of people dying of this already worldwide. Millions more will die soon. Now, but we I'm, make some I'm monogamous. I mean, let's just make this about me. And super gonorrhea, no, I don't think it necessarily kills you, but uh, from what I know of it, I mean, it's, is it just if you're like if it's your gonorrhea legs are spread, that you can't treat it? Like your legs are spreading a Ralph's, and you can get it. Mm, no, I okay. think you, you got to get it from somebody else with super gonorrhea. Okay, so but my, the point I'm making is that Great. you said that some some of the best stories, or I was, love stories, start with things going sideways, and I'm just saying I wonder if there's a super gonorrhea becomes a super awesome relationship. And I'm doubting if that's the case. Okay, that was the joke portion of my yeah, yeah. setup. Hey, safe sex, guys, all right? Safe. Wear, wear a condom. Um, you know what? Not do, two, though. Don't wear two. We know do not that. Wear, we, we learned that from not, our sex timber. Not wear sex two. timber. We learned that from uh, the GMM episode where we talked about like uh, questions that kids ask. That, <laughs> that's where we learned really? that. Really? Yeah, when we were singing about uh, sex ed questions. Okay. That's what if we you like. wear two condoms, the friction, the the chances of one of the condoms actually rupturing is much increased. Yeah, because the friction it, it'll burn, it'll it'll start a fire. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, where yeah, the fire. Yeah. It's comes like in. it's like erasing. <laughs> okay, so that's a negative thing. Can I throw in a positive thing to Please. kick this thing off? Because I am. I'm riding high. You didn't even think I was going to be here today, man. We're recording at a completely different time than I had planned for and prepared for. But we're still good. We're so good. We're actually bet. I'm the. I'm so good. I'm so grateful. I'm feeling so great because I am free. I have been released from jury duty. I got the thing. I've been calling in all week. You have to call in at like seven p.m. at night for the next day. 
Yeah. Last night, it was it was a, uh, a Wednesday night. What's the day? Thursday or fr- yeah? And I had made it through. I had made it through Monday. I made it through Tuesday. I made it through Wednesday, and then oh no, I got to go in. I got to be in there at eight o'clock. And this is the second time downtown this has LA. We've both been called or summoned, summoned. To, to be on a you know to be considered for a jury. Yeah, multiple times. I've called all week. I think three times since I've been in LA. And never been summoned. Never been summoned. And you said this I was is the second twice, yeah. time. Is it what you think it's it, it can't be like some alphabetical I'm thing. I'm super summonable, man. Yeah, but they don't I know mean, anything about me. That's what they say about you. me. Oh, he is so summonable. Yeah, I yeah. mean, is there something about I mean, I don't know what it is. Is glasses? They think you got better judgment. They don't I, know. It's my you, sense of justice. They don't know that you've got glasses. It's my sense of justice. I'm known for that. Uh was I was ushered into some holding room. I mean, there was like over a hundred people in there. The more, the less likely it is for you to be called. They started calling people over the loudspeaker, just listening out names. And at one, like, and then people would just get up and just, just go off into oblivion, never to be heard of again. See any, anybody you recognize? Nope. I'm like, I mean, like, where's LeBron James in all this? Mm-hmm. It's kind of what I'm thinking. Nobody, I, no, nobody escapes it. Nobody escapes it, man. You, I mean, you, no one's above. It's a, it's above a civic c- duty. Their du- civic duty, man. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm happy to do it, and I, I did it, and it didn't take long, but I got scared, man. You know, fifteen people go away, twenty-five people go away, and then they're like, "All right, for this next one, it's going to be a thirty-day trial." So. When I call your name, you either yell out yes or no based on whether you have a valid excuse. And they give you the excuses that and you they can give, choose from. They give the excuses you can choose from. Like one of them is you got a paid, you've paid for a vacation that is non-refundable. Wow. I'm like, if you, you know what? I'm, I'm looking for all types of reasons to like plan another non-refundable vacation. Like, not, you know, when you're, if, if you plan any sort of vacation, like even if you do like an Airbnb for one night, after you're, you've prepared yourself to pay, pony up, whatever you got to pony up, there's always this like, oh, and do you want to add insurance? Mm. Like, it's kind of like when you go to rent a car and they're like, oh, do you want to add insurance? And it's like, oh, what should I do? You don't have kind to add insurance if you got it I'm, through your credit card. I mean, yeah, that's what I think. But now I'm like, oh, I'm not adding insurance to a vacation because I could get called in for jury duty and this is, this is my out. I did not get Risky. called. Um, for this, for the thirty day, good gracious! Because and you have and one of the excuses, valid excuses, is if you're self employed. Self employed, and so it's like a company. It, it you put your company li- uh, livelihood at risk, you know. Right. And there's so much that we're doing here that like I was prepared to give some sort of speech to like lawyers and judge. That was like, you let know, me show you my important work that I do. There's lots. Lo- I mean, look at this hair. Mm. I don't. I think everyone in this in the proceedings will be totally distracted by this hair. Yeah, that's and plus true. I got you know I don't want to. Sh- I got all these people who just be sitting on their hands. You know, it's like I'm kind of central to this stuff. Mm. I'm not trying to toot my own he- horn here. I think I could go a month without you, but I but mean, uh, you know, it's, it would shut down production. Everybody's um, just waiting for me to show back up again. But you, but there were like maybe a few days. I was trials prepared or to whatever. talk about that. Apparently. But then they kept calling, kept calling, and they said a couple of Charleses. And let me tell you, every time, every time they would say a name, boy, my pucker string would just tighten up. <laughs> what did you think? I was nervous, man. It was as if I was on trial. Here's, the, I mean, first of all, and when I think everyone needs to, everyone needs to perform their civic duty. I did. And I do think that at some point I was there for later it. in my life, I would actually like to be a part of this system. Right now, not a great time. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to like, I want, I, want, I want to be a juror before I die. But my question for you. Or while I'm dying. That would be interesting. Is because, uh, uh, is because I think that. Last thing I do. You, like if, if if I were in your shoes, and again, I haven't actually been called in. Every time I've made the phone call, don't have to come in. But if I found out the night before that I was going to have to go. You're not summonable. I would have gone on YouTube, and I would have like done some research about what I, could, what I would say. Again, I want to be clear. 
I'm not saying I'm, avoid, I'm avoiding this forever. I'm just saying that right now, really inconvenient, throws a lot, even three days right now, throws a lot of, we, everything is planned here in, in such, so far advanced that I don't like to throw that wrench into the system here. But my assumption is that you did not do any sort of preparation. No, I was in that. complete denial that it was ever going to happen until the moment it happened. Because you would have a much more and then uh, when I woke up this morning, interesting I'd story if you went there and you had to go to the next stage and answer questions. Because at that point, I was so close to that last time. And, there's a oh, way man. to answer the questions that is honest, but still kind of throws them off your scent a little bit. If you're a longtime Ear Biscuits listener, you can go back in time to, I don't know when that was, back when I had to go to the, like, it was a different courthouse. I told that whole story. Um, I don't even remember it. I'll go back and listen to it to know what happened to me. But they kept calling. They kept saying not other Charleses. And then it was like, oh, we got there at 8, and it was like 11.30 by this time. They probably called... Um, seven different groups, seven different cases, and the people just file out. Because that's the interesting part from what I understand is the next part where there's I've a experienced, the case. Yeah, I've experienced that. And then they start describing things and asking specific questions. Oh, yeah. For, they uh, interrogate you to see if they want to put you on the stand. Yeah. Uh, not on the stand, on, in the jury box. Yeah. And then they so, move you. Suddenly you're that's what, defending saying, yourself. That's what I've already talked about, man. Go back to the archives. Yeah. If you want to be interested, but you didn't have, but you didn't have to get up on that. That you didn't have to answer. A bunch she of comes over questions. the loudspeaker. No, and she just says, "Good news for all of you who are still sitting in here. You have performed your duty to completion for you're, a year. You're free to go, and we're going to give you a slip on the way out. You can sign it on your, at your leisure, but keep it, keep up with that thing because you're good for the next twelve months." They're, and then, they're saying if you get summoned, you have to present this. Well, it's why, proof. Why, why doesn't the system it's know? It's proof if the system tries to drag you in again. And let me tell you, when she made that announcement, everybody in there cheered. Like, it it felt like I had been exonerated. Mm. Like, everybody in there was just kind of looking at each other like, we did it. We're innocent. Well, the courthouse is kind of like a doctor's office. Even if there's nothing wrong with you, you feel... Like you're that close to justice being dispensed. Yeah, it can hit you. It makes you come out sideways. I don't know what could go wrong here. It was, I mean, it was great to be in like a government facility in like a holding room for hours and then to receive news that every single person in there was elated. Like that was, that was a moment. Everybody needs that every once in a while. Yeah, it just felt so good. Like we just all strutted out of there like we had done something and we hadn't done anything. I hadn't done well, anything. You've done more than I have. But I was ready. I was ready to give my speech to say why I couldn't perform my civic duty because my civic duty is employing people. Huh. You know what? Can you take a camera in there? No. Because we could, I mean, I'm just saying you can make it content. Yeah, you can't talk about it. We, you know what, we can. Oh, I would talk about well, it in code. You could uh, video glasses. Spy glasses. I believe juror number <laughs> seven. <laughs> what if I just had a big shoulder camera? Yeah, 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 he's definitely filming this. This is my emotional support camera. It's not on. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. So there you go. I mean, it's just nice to, to be out in the world again. You know, uh, the fresh air. Like, I was just looking at the sun, just like beaming down on me and the beautiful downtown Los Angeles streets. And I was just, new, I got a new lease on life, man. Okay, well, let's ride that high into some romantic <laughs> mishaps. Ear Biscuits is supported by Superfeet. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Well, guess what? Your feet don't have to hurt. When you add the signature orthotic shape of super feet insoles to your shoes, you give your feet comfort and support where they need it most, helping redistribute forces to reduce stress and strain on your entire body 
not just your feet. Superfeet insoles are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. Since 1977, Superfeet has helped millions of people worldwide experience the life-changing magic of comfy, pain-free feet. Superfeet insoles upgrade the fit, feel, and function of your footwear to help you feel your best. The signature orthotic shape of Superfeet gives your feet the right type of support where you need it most. Physicians not only recommend Superfeet to their patients, they wear Superfeet insoles in their own shoes. Superfeet is the number one doctor worn and recommended insole. Superfeet has thousands of five-star reviews and is the insole of choice for top athletes on the field, on the ice, and on the slopes and everywhere in between. Superfeet has a wide range of insoles for every activity, every shoe, and every foot. From cushioned and flexible to firm and supportive, you can dial in your fit by taking their quick online quiz. We took the quiz, we've got our, mm -hmm. our insoles coming, they're on their way. You just answer a few short questions and Superfeet will recommend the best insole choice for you. Visit superfeet.com and enter the promo code EAR at checkout for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. Let's get to some emails. Of course, you can always call us in uh, um, V-mails, voicemails. Voicemails at one eight 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 earpod one Did I say four eights? You know what I mean. Hey, Rent Link. Um, calling, my name's Abby, calling about my romantic mishap story. Yeah. Um, I'm trying. going to try to make this short, but the this was about eight or nine years ago. I had a really big crush on this guy. It was like, my crush was bigger than his crush on me. <laughs> um, eventually, after you know me pining over this guy, he came over to hang out one night. It was uh, the weekend. It was really late. Um, a guy on drugs basically broke into my apartment while we were hanging out. Um, I lived on the second floor of a duplex um, in this old, old building. And um, the locks and stuff, I guess, weren't that great. He basically busted through the door. Um, and jumped. He didn't even look at us. He, we're sitting on the couch. He just busted through the door, ran up the stairs, busted through the door, um, opened the window to the roof, didn't even look at us, hmm. went on the roof and was hanging out on the roof. Um, I called 911 immediately. The guy I was with was completely useless. This huh. kind of diminished that crush on him. Oh. Um, my roommate comes out. She's the nicest person you'll ever meet. And she's trying to coax this guy back into the into the house. And I'm like, no, I'm calling 911. Get this guy out of here. He's obviously on bath salts. Um, you know, from 10 years ago, the height of bath salts. She's trying to coax him in with, like, ice cream. And she's like, come on in, please, like, come in. It's so cold. Like, I'm like, Julie, stop. Like, what are you doing? Anyway, um, ruined the night. And uh, But now we have a story to tell when the bath salt guy broke into our house. Anyway, he fell off the roof. He did. <laughs> he landed in the snowbank. The police ended up catching him. It all worked out, whatever. Never saw him again. He didn't hurt us. But it was a pretty intense night. So, love you guys. Thanks for the opportunity to tell you my story. Okay, bye. He fell off the roof into a snowbank. <laughs> He's okay. So that's why she was trying to coax him in with the ice cream because she was afraid he was going to jump off the roof, which so, he did. So bath salts made it out of Florida, I guess, because there's no snowbanks in Florida. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But the crush was completely useless. Which gives me a great idea. I'm with you, buddy. that we could offer. Yes. I think that there is something to this creating a situation that becomes an intense yet pointed judge of your potential partner's character. Wherewithal. Like, anything. What, you know. What, what is it that you're interested in? Right. right? We, can, we can construct that immersive experience. And we send somebody, what, they might be on bath salts? And the, yeah. I mean, and I'm using um, quote quotations because I'm not, you know, he's acting like he's on bath salts. Right. Because we're doing a service. No and one's he, actually doing it. But if he needs to jump off that roof, he will he's do it. He's a stunt, man. We have, we, have every, we have a person for that. Right. Right. Uh, we also have, like, if you're going to go on a date, and you want to test the like fidelity meter of your potential mate, and maybe this is like, hey, yeah. well, maybe we're three, four dates in. First, you need to tell us what a fidelity meter is. Well, what I'm saying is that okay, and let's then we'll say be like okay, we'll work on let's that. Let's say that you are a man who is dating a woman, and uh, it happens. You are the the woman uh, hires us to see if oh fidelity the man is. Uh, I was thinking like. Audio fidelity. Okay, well you're a DJ. I can't help it. <laughs> and so Elkhound. The uh, the test would we would have an an attractive uh, woman who would 
at a certain point in the evening would come in and flirt with the man as a test. And then she would would have on the video glasses just to throw back there because we have to have evidence. This is the kind of like cheaters. And then if like, if, 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 if he does not succumb to her advances, then she's like, well, I'm just going to go up and jump off the roof and then see what he does. We don't have to have a jumping off the roof. I think they're all going to jump off the roof. There's all, but we will provide the snowbank every time. Yeah. Well, that seems like an unnecessary expense. We'll work out the kinks. Our resources are unlimited. I mean, the just g- given this is such a far and away the best business idea we've ever had. I think all we've really done test your mate is created a series of hard to watch social experiment YouTube videos, which are the kind of I just I mean I just don't like those videos, man. And you know what I'm talking? I'm talking about the completely fake ones, fabricationed. Yeah, and I just. It is nice to know. I mean, it's like, this is good data if it's like uh, your crush just completely implodes. If that's something you're, if that's something you that's attractive to you, then you've learned something. If that's something that's not attractive to you, then you've also learned something. Anything that happens when you're dating somebody is a learning opportunity. That's, a, that's, what, I want, that's what I want to impart. Like, dating is... It's just be curious, you know? Everything can teach you something, you know? Well, my wife has never let me live a particular situation down. And that was early in our marriage when we were walking down Franklin Street in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, where we were living at the time. I had to do some time in Chapel Hill. Mm -hmm. uh, There was a man who was acting erratic and he was on the street, on the sidewalk, and we walked past him, and according to Jesse's account of this story, <laughs> he he was kind of erratic and it seemed like he was getting potentially aggressive in multiple directions, including while we walked by her direction, and at which point I moved away from him. Behind her. No, no, it was like we were, this, what happened I was, remember her saying is, behind her. No, I didn't. According to the story has grown over the past 20 years to me, ever, like literally taking her and pushing her at him and running. Yeah. You ever see one of those like a, like a keeper? You see how a keeper just kind of lays out trying to like save the, you know, save the score? What I will say I did, you, and it was a mistake. It was a mistake her. is that I moved away from him. She was closer to him. My assumption was that. If she was also threatened, I wasn't actually threatened, but I was kind of like, this guy's a little squirrely. I don't know what's going to go on. I'll step away from him. I was kind of expecting her to also step away, but she will never let me live down the fact that I did not step in front of her mm-hmm. and like create like a big ret barrier. Yeah. And I'm I'm sorry. That's your fail. Li- she, I mean, there is- v- What did she learn? She learned that- I guess every single time we're walking on a sidewalk, every man for himself. Any kind of character uh, that seems to be exhibiting uh, abnormal behavior that might lead to an incident, (laughs) which happens quite often in in Los Angeles. Which she is like her her radar is up now. Her, she's it not, has to be now. She's not worried about being hurt by someone. She's worried about, are you going to do the thing that you Abandoned. did 20 years ago? Yeah. And so now, uh, boy, you you got, ought to see the way I can box out at this point. I mean, it doesn't even have to, there could be absolutely nothing about the person's behavior, and I'll, I'll put a full butt into them just to kind of create oh. a barrier between them and my wife, you know? Mm. Just full box out position. Could just be like an old woman ready to cross the street. I'm not helping her cross the street. I'm keeping her away from my wife. Erratic old woman. Um, my romantic fail. I'm sure there's been many, but the one that comes to mind right now is it was just a. It was pre-pandemic, but it might have been 2019 when I took Christy on a Valentine's date. Um. We went to Malibu, and I had, I'd found, I, I'm sure I talked about it on here, and I, I probably made it seem like it was a success. I can't remember how I couched it. Oh gosh. But now I feel you would like do that? it was kind of yeah. I would never do that, would I? 
Um, I'd found those tapes where we were like the cassette tapes where the long distance walkie talkie where uh, we would send cassette tapes back and forth and we keep adding to it. And then when I played it, I surprised her that I'd found them because they were lost for years. Yeah. And I, and I revealed the surprise by just playing the first tape for her. And after a few minutes, it was just like what I thought would be this sweet romantic thing was just kind of like it was so cringy. That we just couldn't, like we, it's like we couldn't keep listening to all of Who it. Who was cringier? Uh, we were both pretty cringy. Like our <laughs> accents were like, it was like we were just children. I mean, we learned a lot. It was like, wow. It's just like, we are not the same people we were. But I just remember it just wasn't. It didn't, it, it, it wasn't enticing. It didn't, it definitely didn't lead to a makeout session. Mm. I see that. I can see that. But the, and we were, and then we went through the drive through, not a drive through. We went through the exit, and there were so many cars leaving this place. There was somebody behind us, beside us in a drive through, and we were beside them. And then they were having some hanky panky in the car. Oh. Like there was like some, some hand hanky panky happening. Hand jobs? I believe it was like that. Yeah. Whoa. It was cr- how'd, you, it, how'd you know that? You peering in. You it was really peer it was in broad daylight, and I was looking at their faces. This is a low car. It was like a Mini Cooper. No, I wasn't able to look. All I could see was like shoulders and heads. You can tell what people are doing with their hands by looking at their shoulders and heads. Given her reaction, I could definitely tell. That's a service we also offer. Something was definitely going on that at, wasn't happening in my car. At Roof Jumpers, we also. <laughs> Offer the service of being able to <laughs> go through a parking lot and tell people, tell what is happening by looking at people's heads and shoulders. There's nothing, there's nothing worse than being on what you hope to be like a romantic date. And Valentine's Day is built up so much. And you're in your car cringing about like your accents from college. And you look over next to you and, and they're like in, a, in full pleasure mode. Mm. And you know, it's like, it's just kind of dejecting. And you're thinking back on a time when you weren't even kissing because you were yeah. so conservative. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like, that sucks, man. I was like, I'll have what they're having. This is a great segue into number 11, Link. Oh, uh, number 11? Yeah, right, yeah, because I, I did a little pre-screening. We don't always do that, but had the time today because you were at jury duty. So now I can do cool <laughs> right. segues. right. Hey, Rent Link, Mythical Crew. My name is Mandy. I'm from Seattle. Big fan. Anyways, I'm calling to share a story about a romantic mishap. So buckle up. <laughs> um, okay, so I was a senior in high school at the time, and I was finally dating the guy that I had, that I had, had a crush on since middle school. Thank God. Um, and for the sake of the story, we'll just call him Peter. We're Peter. not together now. We were together for five years, and it was our first Valentine's Day together. Um, so we went out. We saw a movie pretty early in the afternoon, and we had some time to kill before our dinner reservation. Matinee. So we opted to go down by the river in town and watch the sunset before heading to the restaurant. Uh, we did watch the sunset, <laughs> but we also got a little, like, frisky, I guess. Nothing too crazy. <laughs> uh, we were making out. Our clothes stayed on. Uh, anyways, I guess we kind of lost track of the time, and the sun was definitely down, as in it was pitch black outside. <laughs> Uh, so we were making out the back of his car, and all of a sudden we see a huge blinding light aimed directly at us through the windshield. And in my head, I'm like, okay, we're being abducted. Like, By an alien? Nothing else to go off of since we couldn't see. Uh, then we hear a loud knock on the door, and it's a freaking police officer. And he tells us to get out, and he accuses us of doing more than just making out, which clearly was not the case since we were fully clothed and all that. Um, he was super rude demanded to see our IDs and then when I that was when I realized I had left mine at home which he really didn't like and then he was saying like do your parents know you're here maybe I should give them a call which really just pissed me off because we were clearly not doing anything else Uh, so Peter explains that we're killing time before the reservation and he lets us go unfortunately I spent the rest of the night almost crying because I was so shaken up and unfortunately Peter spent the rest of the night laughing at me almost crying uh, so it was really rough. We had better Valentine's Days after that. <laughs> I guess it was the cop's job for that Valentine's Day to like make sure people weren't doing the dirty next to the boat launch. Uh, but yeah, that's my story. Love you guys. What's wrong with doing the dirty next to the boat launch? Especially if you're in a car. I don't know. 
I don't know. I think we should have designated places for this. Um, this is an interesting question about what is the motivation? Is there an actual, I mean, okay, yeah. You can't go to Disneyland and be, you know, porking in the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? You can't do that. Uh, you, okay. there, there, yeah. there have to be some standards. But if you've got a van and you can't see into it, I think you should be able to do whatever you want to in your van. Right. When we were young, we used to, uh, <laughs> I, I think you were with me a few times yeah. when we would, around the country where we lived, there were a number of college students who would roll out somewhere into like a field and there was like, there was hop in their car, and we would yeah. and we would find them. We would find them, and we would find them, and not because we were looking for them. Uh, I do remember one. Once you found them, we were looking for them I, after that. Most of the time, it was like, can we from a distance see something that you know you want to see? Usually, the windows were too fogged up or whatever. But there was a couple of spots where it was like reliably people would come. Yeah, I, I remember one time. I don't know if you were with us this time. I seem to remember that we it was it was that field. Now that there's a the second like eighteen holes of, yeah. of Keith Ilzer over there, but it was kind of near Ben's house, right? In that little farm pond. Yep. And they were behind the farm pond, and it was like in my mind, it was a pinto. It was like a pinto wagon, <laughs> and it was bouncing up and down vigorously, <laughs> vigorously, <laughs> vigorously, <laughs> and super fogged, and we just walked right up to it. Like, just dumb little 12-year-olds, man. Just, like, we're going to walk right up to this. And we walked. Touch it and run away. No, we didn't yeah. touch it. Were you there for this? It's, it's. I don't know. I know the story, and I visualized it, but I think it was because you told it to me, and then I just it's maybe such, fantasized about it. In such vigorous detail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know who was with us. It might have been a neighbor Adam. or two. And then, like, we stand there for 15, 20 seconds, at which point the girl sees us. Now, we couldn't see anything, but, like, at one point, like, I see this head pop up and look at us in absolute horror. All of a sudden, <laughs> it's like they just go away. I'm sorry. If you went to Campbell University in approximately 19, between 1988 and 1992, mm -hmm. and you were engaging, and first of all, it was illegal at the time, and maybe still illegal to have someone of the opposite sex in your room. If you were caught at Campbell University in the eighties oh, wow. or nineties with a girl in your room, and you were a guy, you would be kicked out of school. We had a guy that was on the basketball team that got expelled because he had a girl in his room. Wow. So you, if you wanted to do the dirty, you had to get into a car and go to the farm pond. Right. And I'm sorry that. I took what may have been a beautiful experience and I ruined it. And uh, whatever I can do to make up for it, just contact us at one eight 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 earpod one Please yeah, do that. If you want to reach out to people who went to Campbell between 88 and 92 and got interrupted by a couple of 12-year-olds while having sex. But back to this story, Peter, as she called him, yeah. I mean, totally got cop blocked. Yeah, he got cop blocked. Yeah. Had to, had to go back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, what are we clicking on now? Another VM. Hey, Rhett and Link. Uh, my name is Ben from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Long time watcher, first time uh, voicemailer. Hey! Uh, so I'm replying to the tweet. Uh, we know. The romantic plan completely falling apart. Yep. Uh, this one time I invited this girl over and I was attempting to make spaghetti for her, like super simple. Is that a euphemism? Right? You can't, you can't possibly mess that up. But um, long story short, uh, I ended up my, my my stove ended up catching on fire, <laughs> and so uh, you know I I had to grab the fire extinguisher and I had to put it out, and then the rest of the night, me and her were. Uh, <laughs> We were cleaning up the debris from the uh, fire extinguisher. Oh, it can be but a yeah, lot. That was fun. Uh, it was a nice bonding experience. Um, and to answer your and to answer inquiring minds, no, we're not together anymore. Mm. Uh, for the best. All right. So have a great day, guys. Love y'all. Uh, yeah. 
So, yeah. Love you. Yeah. So if we're using this to gather evidence, gather evidence, gather data to then bring in to Roof Jumpers, which first of all, I don't like that name. As a, yeah, we got to change that name. name. There is a, uh, there's a snow thing there every time, but let's change the name. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's because it's, no one gets hurt. No one gets hurt. Um, but if we're gathering data, this would lead me to believe that a fire isn't necessarily a good thing to do on a first date because mm-hmm. they didn't end up staying together. And you know what? They they cleaned it together. Like, it, that was an opportunity. Yeah, it, this, this is really a great story for a couple that needs to stay together to the point where he had to tell us that they didn't. You know, it's like, maybe, I don't know. I don't want to, it could have gone another way, you mm-hmm. know? Could have gone the other way. I do think that when you're on a date, the earlier in the relationship, the better, and something goes horribly wrong, it's like you got to recognize the opportunity. There's data to be gathered, and there's a story to be had, and it's, you know, you're going to face adversity. You might as well go ahead and see how your love interest responds. It can also, uh, but, but don't unleash a fire extinguisher. I mean, it just uh, stuff, Especially, just it, put a lid on it or something. The one with the powder. Now, if you got the CO two one, you're okay. Which I don't even know where you get those. But the ones that you just if you just go to like Home Depot and get a fire extinguisher, it's gonna be the one that's a, a particulate. Whew. And boy, that stuff. We've we, you've probably heard us talk about this many many yeah. times. Before you play the next one, I'm not going. I do want to talk about um, sometimes a traumatic experience can. I want to use the term artificially accelerate a relationship. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes that's good. Case in point, when Jesse and I were dating, and we haven't been dating for long, you know, we had like a slow build in our relationship. Yeah. Where we were friends. You yeah. Know, as she, I was waiting for her to get to college. Yeah. And she, she uh, had to not be a child anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's not cool, man. It's a different time. And also, I was waiting for her to be in college before we dated, and I did, okay? You did. You know, I didn't start dating her when she was 18. I waited until she was in college and almost 19. But the relationship moved pretty quickly, and her grandmother died. And I remember two sort of visceral, the the, the visceral experience was, actually going into the hospital room, and I never, I, I, maybe one time had met her grandmother. Um, you went in the hospital room? Yes. This was a date? Well, it wasn't a date. We were dating. But why Why don't you just let her go in? You didn't even know this woman. Um. Well, because, I mean, it was getting pretty serious. Emotional support is the correct answer, and there you go. Uh, but it was I guess one that's of those- what you're getting at. It's actually one of the images in my mind. I don't like hospitals. Um, and I always get, I, you know, I just, I have health anxiety and I just don't like being in the space. But I haven't seen a lot of like heavy stuff that takes place at hospitals in my life. I have. But one of the more, one of the heavier things was going in there and basically seeing her grandmother in the final stages yeah. of life. And uh, like unconscious too mm-hmm. at the time. But it was like, a little bit traumatic, and we experienced it together. And then days later, her grandmother dies. We, you know, there's the funeral, and it was after the funeral. I was like sitting on the couch uh, at her house, where I ended up unplanned. And this is not, you know, I tend to be pretty spontaneous about life, and I'm very flexible in general. But when it comes to things like when I'm going to say I love you or when I'm going to do this. I tend to be a little bit more buttoned up and planned. And I had not planned on saying I love you and I ended up telling her that I loved her. Really? And it was because her grandmother died and because we experienced that thing together. Now, in our case, it worked out great. We've been married for 20-something years. Um, But you gotta be careful when you experience something a little bit traumatic because it might artificially accelerate things it's just not about gathering data. You got you to know that there's potential for things to like, for the accelerator to be hit pretty hard. Well, when Christy and I started dating, we hadn't been dating long when I broke my pelvis and had that like the whole concussion story. Yeah. You know? And so I, I remember that 
my mom was so, you know, we were in the mountains. We were like hours away and my mom was so concerned and she was like talking to Christy on the phone. Like they were commiserating. And then like Christ, once I came back, I stayed at the apartment. I didn't go home with my mama. It's so like Christy was coming by checking on me and like giving my mom updates, you know, just kind of like, instead of my mom trying to figure everything out just by what I was telling her when she would come visit, it kind of gave her another mm. point to, like Christy comforted my mom and of course me yeah. in that in that time when I broke my ass. And that, that was definitely uh, formative. You know, the fact that like, you got somebody caring for you, like actively, physically. And- um, Cause she was in that, it wasn't Christy, because we I, we haven't showed this yet, and I think we may at some point on the society, but one of the tapes that we found was me impromptuing a song about yeah. you having uh, busted your ass, having broken your pelvis. I don't think Christy was there for that, but she was there for some She's of the in other some footage. of that footage. She might have been there for some of that, but around that same time, definitely she was in that. Yeah, she was in that that footage that I unearthed. The other thing is. Um, we were pretty we were pretty serious but then like i went away for the summer yeah a junior year no was it sophomore year yeah sophomore year summer after sophomore year we had been dating that whole year so that summer we were apart and i had to fly back cuz my mom's dad that papa passed away mm-hmm. in 1998 and christy like we were spending the summer apart and like it was difficult for us. And, but we were ready for me to be away for 10 weeks and for us just to communicate that way. It's when, um, it's when we were doing the, the walkie talkie that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. But I came home to see my grandfather uh, in his last day. Like I made it home before he passed away and then he passed away and like, she she showed up and like she spent the day with me and then the next day she went to to the funeral with me and like you were out of town like uh, and all of my friends were gone and it um that was a very formative time yeah for us of course I still didn't say I love you because I had this like idea that I don't say I love you until I'm getting engaged of course of course like everybody <clears throat> But go, but going it still worked out. But, but like, yeah, to, that was that was a big deal for and, us. And you know, honestly, going to weddings uh, with somebody that you're dating, I think it's just that. You, I think that's more of a danger. Like you, you have, have this cautionary tale of, of like when tragedy hits. I, I actually think that's pretty good. But like when you when going to a wedding, I think that's where you we need to have more of the cautionary tale because you can get this this love bug, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you got you got. Bridesmaids and groom groomsmen getting all enamored, and I'm not saying there's I'm not saying there's anything wrong with hammered it. Hammered and enamored. I'm just saying that's a that's a recipe. There's an awareness for disaster. There's, there just needs to be an awareness. If you're the kind of person that you're like, actually, I'm kind of trying, you know, like I'm warm to the idea of getting married, and I'm trying to warm this person up to the idea of getting married. I don't think that it's manipulative to invite them to a friend's wedding or to go to a friend's wedding with them. But you, it, but it could it could work in your favor if that's what you're after. I just think you have to. And then if you're like, actually, I am committed to not fully committing to this relationship, and I don't want it to be. I don't want to get married. We well, don't go to a wedding. Make together. other plans that you weekend. Know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. Ear biscuits is supported by AC Pro. It's blazing hot outside. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows out hot air. The issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with an AC Pro. Let's read a tweet. Oh, read Cause it. Because that's also a thing that we can do. Read it and weep. This is from Invader Diz. <laughs> uh, Dizzy Wizard 101. Dizzy Wizard. Uh, 
I think this is supposed Easy to be- Dizzy Weezy. I think it's supposed to be my wife and I, not why wife and I, because <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole different question. All right. My wife and I went miniature golfing with a group of friends where, so I, planned, hot. where I planned to propose to her. One of the holes had a beautiful waterfall feature. Now let's mm. just, I mean, okay. Lots of holes. <laughs> So flowing water, sexy. Instead of finding a waterfall in nature, the waterfall at the putt putt place <laughs> was going to do the trick. Oh yeah! So you kind of set yourself up for what happened next. Which and is, there were friends there. Yeah, yeah. At the moment I hit my knee, a friend missed a putt and threw his club against the fence, yelling and cursing. <laughs> but it does say my wife and I. So yeah. apparently. Uh, that, now you know. Yeah, that's that's you, not a romantic scenario. Now this whole idea of popping the question and making plans, uh, this to me, it, it happened at the right time. It happened at the appointed time. It was it a was, bad plan, but it was a bad place. It was a bad plan. Sorry, sorry, dizzy wizard. You're a little bit dizzy here. If you had to do, uh. Your proposal over again? Would you have Would you have rigged it to where there was somebody there taking photos of it? Well, that's a great question, considering that that is such a part of the culture now. But it was not a part of the culture in '99 or. I'm I'm against this. You can take a photo afterward, like a selfie, but like I don't know. I just think I think it's weird. That's a good question because I think what I would do now we've we've kind of told our proposal stories before, right? There was nobody present in mind. It was just the two of us going from place to place to place, and then ending up at the place that we had actually first talked, and then asking the question. I think it was a great plan. I think it worked very well. Yeah, if there was a dude in the bushes, though. But if I were to be planning a proposal now in the year 2023, which I'm not, um. <laughs> I think it might involve some sort of, not public, not public aspect. I, I would like never. Long, long lens paparazzi photo type thing? I mean, there's a type of personality that does a proposal at a baseball game. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? On yeah. the Jumbotron? Like, if, if there's a spectrum of people, and at one end of the spectrum is someone who would ask someone to marry them on a Jumbotron, I, whatever the opposite end of that spectrum is, that's where I sit. I'm, no, no, no. I do not want to be on the Jumbotron. I don't even want to be on the Jumbotron if I'm just eating popcorn. But I don't want to be on the, the Jumbotron. <laughs> yeah, I hate being on the Jumbotron. Do, do, do that's it. why I don't like sports. Um, but I think it's never different a flattering angle. to document. First of all, I mean, your proposal story is, is, well, is well known in that it was Completely Ill, spontaneous. Ill-advised. Ill, Ill, Ill Sans ring. No ring. You know what? Because I was planning to get the ring and then pop the question and it was going to be a complete surprise to everyone except her parents. And um, I never actually made plans. Like, I can't tell you, like, I, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't. I mean, if I had, that probably would have, I would have held off. You know, be like, oh, I got this thing all planned out. I didn't even get to that point. I was like, I'll get the ring in a week or two, and at the same time, I'll also come up with a plan. I, I don't know what my plan would have been. Like, uh, if I think about it now, put myself in that situation, which I've never done. So you I, don't, you didn't. You, I don't know what my plan would be. You never had a plan. No, that's what I just told you, man. There never was any forethought. It was like, I'll get the ring and then figure it out. Or I'll figure it out while I'm getting the ring. Hmm. But then I was like, you know what? Let's just go for it. I can't. I mean, it was an overflow of emotion. It wasn't rational. What would I have done? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I. What? What could my? It would have been awesome. Um, what did we like to do back then? I don't. I think we might. I don't know. Maybe we would have gone to the beach. Maybe we would have watched the sun come up. You know, I have no clue. Um, I think it would have been one of those things. I mean, you did some creative things with like the post-it notes, et cetera, and all oh, that yeah, stuff. Oh yeah, you know, so, I, I, I have my moments. But I have my moments. It's interesting that in that in that in that scenario of, um, 
you know, the groundwork that you had laid, the proposal didn't have the same sort of structure to it. Yeah. You it, weren't even planning on it. Because it happened very quickly. I decided that I was going to propose, and then, th like, it was probably three days later that I actually did. It worked out. And, it, and, uh, and it, you know. Yes, it did, Rhett. Thank and, you. And also, if somebody were to say, like, I'm not going to marry you because of the way that you asked me to marry you, you know, that's, that's not somebody you want to be with. Right. But I still, this is actually a good segue to this tweet right here. Oh. Um, from Pants Damn Tastnik. <laughs> I like that. I got stuck in traffic on the route to the Biltmore Estate. All right. Largest private residence in the United States. I love it. Where I was going to, by the way, I think I've said this before, I'll say it again, no one has ever contacted us. Um, I am interested. Uh, in Jumping off the roof of the Biltmore Estate in, into a snow dune. And getting access to the parts of the Biltmore Estate that not everybody gets access to, okay? okay. I'm, I'm, I'm also interested in that. I love the Biltmore Estate. I've been there several times. I, I love it too. I love to find, and I know that there's a whole lot of that estate y'all are keeping from the public. Yeah, we want. We, yep, we want to get in That's there. That's the part that I want to see. I don't want. I've been in there enough times in a big old line. I want to go to the secret parts. Okay, I'll make it worth your time. His foot rubs are amazing. <laughs> so, Biltmore Estate people, we're hey, we're. I like to retract that statement. We're North Carolina native sons, man. I mean, it's, I was born in Georgia, but I was grew up in grew up in North Carolina. You, you were born there. He's born in Boone Trail. You know what I'm saying? Come on. I was born in Durham. Oh, Wikipedia. My mom worked in Boone Trail. Wikipedia says you were born in Boone Trail. <laughs> I was not born in Boone Trail. I think you were born at the Boone Trail Hospital. No, I wasn't. My mom worked at the Boone Trail Hospital, but then I was born in Durham. Wow. Well, hold on. This is a problem, Link. But yeah, I guess I was, I grew up, my first home was in Boone Trail. Well, right now it says that you were born in Lillington, North Carolina. It used to say Boone Trail. You need to get the wiki updated. Well, I, I mean, that the hospital was in Durham, but like I was raised. My first home was outside of Lillington. In, I, in Boone Trail? In Boone Trail. Okay. This guy was raised I, in Boone Trail. I would actually Trail. call it Raven Rock. So I think it's more Lillington. Okay, that was uh, that was. I hope that was worth it. Let's hear another voicemail. I haven't I haven't finished the. I got stuck on Biltmore Estate because I really want to go to the back parts. Yep. You, you. Let's just go to another one. No, Pants Tastic was stuck en route to the Biltmore Estate where I was going to propose in the gardens. Oh, they're beautiful. So we ended up pulling over, and I proposed in the parking lot <laughs> behind Burial Brewing in Asheville beside a sign that indicated you cannot let your dog poop here. <sighs> Still, she married me. Get her done. So this, you can- That's where that phrase comes you from. You can relate to this. But I'm not going to. <laughs> I don't want to associate myself with this guy. <laughs> I'm skipping this one, man. I don't, you right. know, there it is. You read it all the way. Ear Biscuits is supported by the Farmer's Dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them. And if you're Barbara, you will like <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters. That that woman is crazy, <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, so it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls. Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls Makes sense. Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized, vet-developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. The meals arrive pre-portioned and in ready-to-serve packs delivered on your schedule. Millions of meals have been ordered across the country. We've been partnering with the Farmer's Dog for a few years now and they really are as good as they say. It really has never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash ear. Um, mm -hmm. 
Hey, Retin Link, I just saw your tweet about romantic mishaps, and I immediately thought of this one time I was in college dating this guy, thought he was the love of my life. He was finally getting ready to meet my parents. They came from Pennsylvania uh, to the state I was going uh, to college in, basically just to meet him. And he played football at the neighboring school that I was at. And I'm really excited. I did my hair. I did my makeup. I got ready at this point. I was 18 years old, uh, head over heels uh, for this guy. And I'm scrolling on Twitter, listening to music, just waiting for his football game to get over on Saturday because he was coming over that night and we were doing brunch with my parents. Brunch. Uh, As I'm scrolling on Twitter, there's a viral tweet going around of a football player jumping up into the stands, giving his girlfriend a really cute handshake and basically wishing him luck for that game. I thought it was really, really cute. I even think I favorited the video. The girlfriend had tweeted it. Um, Yeah, lo and behold, it was him. It, it was the guy I was dating at the time, his girlfriend, and I was really, really upset. He lived an hour away at the next, uh, at the next town over, and so... I still made him come. I made him waste all of his gas, and as soon as he got there, I basically told him to turn around, and I was really upset about it for a really long time, but yeah, I immediately thought of that romantic mishap, just being so excited and that happening, so that's it. That's me. That's my life. Have a good one. That's your life? That def- that like That's what your life is like? Well, that's a piece of her life. You know what? I, I just want to celebrate that you kept your power. You said, t- you know what? You're going to come up here. Yeah, come on, come on to the brunch. Get out of the car, smack. I hope there was like a slap involved. It didn't sound like there was. There was there was like a situational slap. You burned your gas. Ha! Now turn around, put your tail between your legs, and give your girlfriend that secret handshake that everybody's tweeting about. Well, that would have been the perfect thing to do the handshake, like to memorize in the oh, hour. Oh yeah! In the hour that it took him to get there, to memorize the handshake, so that as he shows up, you just go right into it, and he's like, "Oh shit." <laughs> There's but. something sad about it, though. It's like, okay, the whole way, all the time he's coming up, you're watching the video. <laughs> Well, this has become a phenomenon, not handshake uh, cheaters, which is a different thing. Football players going into the stands? Not that specifically, but basically being found out via (laughs) via viral video. So you may, I mean, a number of these, it it happens all the time. It's usually sporting events. Cheaters with public displays of affection. Yeah, on the Jumbotron. So there was one, uh, I don't know if, if it was a World Cup thing recently, and the mm. guy, listen, first of all, I'm glad the guy got caught. I'm glad that the cheater was caught. Uh, but he totally outed himself because he's he's sitting there like doing something with his girl or his side girl, and he sees himself on the Jumbotron and like immediately like gets nervous and like plays it off and tries to look. And everybody knows exactly what he was doing. <laughs> if he had to just like not played it off, he would have never gone viral. It would have just been something that happens at a sporting event and just the people there. You know what I'm saying? He made himself go viral, and so mm. then he gets caught. Again, I'm glad well, he got course, caught. Of course, probably somebody in the stands who knew him. Maybe. And would have reported know. that. But this has become a phenomenon in which through some sort of viral situation, that's how you get, that's how you get caught. Well, shoot, this well, one's very specific. You know well, now I love jumbotrons. I think they're, this is this is they're being used for good. You think that before it was bad? That's what I said earlier in this conversation. Yeah, I didn't like them. You think there's something morally wrong with them? No, making I people's s- faces that big. What? Yeah, I said just never a good angle. Yeah, nobody's. You know, I'm face a part of this podcast. Big. You should listen to me occasionally. Well, I'm trying to get you to make the moral the moral argument oh. for it. Oh no, I didn't have a moral argument. Can it, what? What do you want me to click on now? Um. You could just you click should on click it. on number nine. Hi, Rhett and Link. My name is Hannah, and I am responding to your tweet about a uh, bad relationship meetup uh, situation, romantic plan thing. 
So it was my uh, junior year of high school, and I was going to prom, and my boyfriend at the time had told me that he wanted to surprise me with the place we were going to for prom dinner. And I was a little nervous because he specifically told me that he wanted to take his ex to this same place, which probably should have been my first red flag, and that she really did not want to go. But he followed that story up with, oh, babe, like, this just, this place means so much to me. It's my favorite place. Like, it's just, it's so romantic. I just, I want it to be a surprise. You just, you're going to be blown away. You're going to love it. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is so sweet. He's, like, just really thinking this through. And so I, I didn't ask. I, you know, was just let him plan it. Um, he hyped this up for months, months this man hyped this up. And so prom night rolls around, and I'm putting on my the fanciest dress I've ever freaking worn and all my jewelry and my makeup done and everything. And he picks me up, and he's like, oh, you're so gorgeous. We take all these pictures, and I'm so excited. We're driving to this restaurant, and he's like, I just can't wait for you to get here. It's so romantic. And he pulls into the parking lot of Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> and not just does he pull into the parking lot of Longhorn Steakhouse, but the man couldn't have even bothered to make a reservation for Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> so then we sat in the lobby of that restaurant and were just stared at by all these families. He's in a full tuck. I mean, there's a full, like, ball gown. And this man is in, like, a like T-shirt with paint all over it and ripped jeans. <laughs> And so, yeah, don't always trust your date to plan uh, your prom dinner, I guess. Mm, (laughs) The good old Longhorn letdown. I'm Uh, assuming that the relationship didn't continue. Did she say that? No, it ended at that moment. Uh, What do you think was going on here? Like, really? Like, it's just, just, you know, forensically. Taste and standards and just the inability to plan or. Building it up all this time, but just not thinking. Just the, the guy, a dummy. I think he's just he's probably just a, stupid. Just a dummy. You know, it's just like it, to build it up yet not make reservations is just kind of like sh- short sighted. I remember a time in to which. To choose Longhorn, uh, you know, it's just a matter of taste. I remember when, as we talked about, Chili's, Outback. These these are some fantastical places. Exactly. Like I Out Outback, which I think is a little fancier than Longhorn. It. it <laughs> I don't know what Longhorn. I took Jesse to Outback on our first official date, and I thought not that it was. Hmm, I don't know if I used the term fancy, but I thought that it was much more expensive. It was pricey enough than anything that I had bought for her, because it was. Remember that Valentine's but I didn't Day dress up. where we like where. Y- there was that place in Durham that had a weird name that was like really fancy. Parazod. Parazod. And you went there for Valentine's Day and you look over and here me and Christy are walking into Parazod. We both made reservations. At the ta- tables were right next to each other. <laughs> well, neither one of us knew that we were going to the same place for our Valentine's dates. And we had both planned it. The same person had told us we should do and it. And that was a good place. I think that was a good Valentine's but Day But we place. didn't join up tables, or did we? We didn't. No, no, no. We talked a little bit, but it, was about, it wasn't about us. No. But it made it a little weird. It was like, well, whose idea was this? It, hey, man. Great minds think alike. And we both had this idea that Parazad was a really nice place for some yeah. reason. And it was. I mean, I don't know. I wonder <laughs> if that place is still open. Is it? Like, look, I want to look at it and see how I th- would how I would interact with this place well, at this point. And just just spoiler alert: we are so spoiled. Like, oh, you know, we just we like to eat at like nice places. Okay, yeah, it's still around. Is it? What's the what's the reviews? Uh, well, first of all, on Google, it's four point five with eight hundred and ten reviews. Good. So we're not spoiled. Three we dollar are- signs. And you can only get four. The description is upscale locavore. Locavore. Is that a word that I don't understand? I think it's people who like to eat locally. Uh, Upscale locavore Mediterranean fare prepared in an open kitchen and served in an elegant dining room. Yeah, see, listen, even back then, man. We had to drive all the way to Durham to go to a place like that back in the day, though. Let's, Let's look what they have on the menu and how much it costs. Okay. Because I mean, I'm, I, I just want to make the point that 
We're at time, but this seems like something to really dig into. Well, no, I'm saying that like at that time, I we were. I mean, I had a very tight budget. My my uh, grocery budget for the for the month was uh, either two hundred or two hundred and fifty dollars for all groceries. Yeah, we were we were both married. We were like newlyweds ish. Yeah, two hundred dollars. Um, Definitely, we tried to do two hundred dollars. Well, I think you guys need to work on your website. Oh, did you just fail? Currently, the server is down. Uh com. Oh, it's a good restaurant though. Still Sorry to get reviews. your hopes up, but that was a fan. That was a fancy place, but it was it, it was the limit of fancy uh, for us, and, and mm. so I think we just both sort of naturally convened there. So, what have we learned today? Talk about learning stuff. I don't know. I kind of feel like you're the one who should have learned something. Uh, I learned that you you don't like the angles of faces on Jumbotrons because I listen to every word that you say, <laughs> but I learned that you don't think that I listen to you and offend you. Oh, there you go. All right. What did you learn today? Let us know using hashtag Ear Biscuits or call us, 1-888-EARPOD1. You got a rec for us? I do. Uh, Parazod. <laughs> no. uh, Durham, North Carolina. My rec is a book. Where I was born. And... Uh, the book is called Salito. Is this is this fact or fiction? It is a memoir of uh, Javier Zamora, who uh, traveled from El Salvador to the United States. Um, okay. To be uh, united with his parents, and it's just. Uh, a really, I mean, first of all, I think it either it may have won the Pulitzer Prize or was nominated. It's a great, it's a great book, like really, really well written and captivating he story. Was a, so he traveled. He was a kid at the yes, time. So like, yes, and just basically like the process. Like I think it gives, even though this was written twenty years ago, the situation hasn't changed that much. But just learning about the story of people. Uh, coming across the southern border and like what their lives are like, why they're doing that, what it's like for them, what that experience can be like. Hmm. I knew bits and pieces about how some of this, you know, works, but to hear a personal account told in a very compelling way was, uh, it was very eye-opening for me. Salito, a memoir by Javier, Javier Zamora. Are you recommending the audible version as well? I did not listen to it. I actually read it, okay. which is uh, right. you know, which is unusual for me at this point in my life. I actually read the book. I'm sure that the um, audible version is great, but I recommend also just actually reading it. Yeah, especially if you have jury duty. A lot of people showing up with actual physical. What books. were you doing to kill the time? Uh, I had my AirPods and I made some doctor's appointments for myself. Okay. And um, I listened to some music. Some high fidelity music? Yeah. I did. I did. I listened to some music. Yeah. And I listened to some TikToks. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Aubrey. I am driving home through Mebbin, North Carolina, you know, all the way through the research triangle, all that stuff stuck in some bumper to bumper traffic and there is an old white Pontiac in front of me and the license plate is a vanity license plate and it says Merle Hag, M-E-R-L space H-A-G and who knows, maybe it's Merle Haggard. Anyways, love y'all, thanks so much, bye.